Welcome to our first live Cream City Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Main, and this is episode number 10. That's right, we've made it to double-digit episodes. Thank you for all your support so far, and we are excited to continue to push out more content in the future. This episode is presented by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. Mimosa bought all the equipment, well, I should say rented all the equipment for our live episode this weekend and even provided water for our guests. Thank you, Mimosa. Mimosa is located in Franklin, Wisconsin on 27th and Ryan Road. They are the best brunch spot in Milwaukee. And that is not just me saying that. They have been voted uh, by many publications in town. So go check them out. They're awesome. The French churro is the best, but everything else is delicious. Thank you, Mimosa. So this episode, we went live from the Lakefront Marathon Expo uh, this past weekend. So the Lakefront Marathon was on Sunday. So on Saturday, we did a live episode at the Expo. We had a great panel of guests, which included David Louie, the 2018 overall winner, uh, Jenny Zwagerman, the 2017 female winner, and she got third place this year. Congratulations, Jenny. Way to kick ass. We had Sheila Wardell, who is this year's pace team captain. As well, she completed her 17th marathon. And we had Dwayne Tate, who ran his 39th Lakefront Marathon. So just an incredible group of runners. We had an awesome conversation. I want to say thank you to everyone who came out and supported the show. You guys were great. It was fun engaging with you, and I know the panel greatly appreciated it. Um, Before we dive in, I just want to give a shout out to all the runners this weekend. Congrats. Um, Congrats on being out there. It was super inspiring to watch you guys. I did not run it, but I had a great time spectating. I had a lot of friends who ran their first marathon. It was also great to see a ton of familiar faces out on the course. So you guys rock. Congratulations. Also, thank you to all the volunteers. A race like this is not possible without you guys. So you guys rock. And then just a shout out to all the spectators. The support on the course I know is greatly appreciated by the runners. So your cheering definitely helped out there. Um, so I don't want to give too much away. This was a great episode. We talked a lot of everything from training to race strategy to just kind of some takeaways that you can apply to whether uh, it's your everyday running or um, some upcoming races you have. So without further ado, let's get into it. On to the show. I hope you guys enjoy this. Hey everyone, welcome to our first live Cream City Pacers podcast episode. It's Marathon Weekend, who's excited? All right, show of hands, who's running the race tomorrow? Woohoo, almost the entire room. So that means if you didn't have your hand in the air, you will be out there cheering, right? All right, I like to hear it, I like to hear it. All right, so before I uh, introduce our guests, I'm just going to do a little introduction. So we're the Cream City Pacers podcast. I'm the host, Alex Main. Uh, Apostoli over there is our producer of it. (laughs) 
So our mission of the show is to connect the Milwaukee running community uh, by interviewing the pacers of our town. We, uh, we just released our ninth episode this past week with Vince Vetrano. He's a TMJ4 anchor, so go check that out after this. You guys are our 10th episode. So we've hit double digits, which is pretty cool. So today's conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about race strategy, how everyone's training block went. We'll get into kind of race day, what we feel with, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll open it up to questions if anyone has any. Uh, this is not the panel to ask how many porter potties will be at each aid station. If you have those questions, we can go into the expo. <laughs> All right, so we'll go down the line and introduce everyone. This is Sheila Wardell. She is the pace captain for this year's Lakefront Marathon. So she corrals all our pacers that will be out there and is helping them be ready. Uh, next, we have Jenny Zwagerman. She is the 2017 female winner. She missed last year's race, but she is back this year to defend her title. And then we have David Louie, who is last year's overall winner. Welcome back. And then last but not least, we have Dwayne Tate. Dwayne has run 38 lakefront marathons. This will be the 39th lakefront marathon, so that is awesome. Hi, guys. All right, Hi. so we're just going to go down the line and let everyone kind of introduce themselves a little bit. Um, so to kick it off, how many lakefront marathons have you guys each run, and what are you looking forward to the most tomorrow? We'll start with you, Sheila. Uh, I've run eight, attempted nine. It's okay. That, that sometimes happens. And uh, did you say overall? Yeah. How many? Okay, uh, sure. Let's do that too. So uh, uh, overall, I'm running New York in November, so that will be number 18. And what are you looking forward most what to I'm looking tomorrow? For, uh, most, oh, because I'm a pace team captain, obviously I love pacing. And um, it's just like this, I feel like there's always this progression when you run, you're like, oh, I've done a fi 5K. Well, maybe I can do a 10, and then I do a half, and then I'm full, and then I'm going to be Q. And then I feel like the next progression is like giving back and uh, just helping people achieve that goal. is um, It's kind of a little selfish, actually, because it makes you feel really good, but you also helped other people. Cool. Thank you. Jenny? Hello. Um, this is going to be my 12th marathon, I think, the fourth lakefront marathon full. And when I was younger, I ran the relay with my family. When the, there was a relay for the marathon, so like fifth, sixth grade. But um, yeah, this will be my fourth full marathon. And what are you looking forward to the most tomorrow? Um, I'm looking forward to getting across the finish line. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's always a good goal. <laughs> All right, David. Uh, this will be, well, it would have been. Unfortunately, I'm not actually racing tomorrow. Or yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck, guys, by the way. Um, this would have been my second lakefront only, so I did it last year. Uh, and I plan to continue to come back. It's such a great race locally that hopefully 39 times. <laughs> but uh, this would have been my 12th, so similar. Um, I guess if you include Ironman marathons, it would be another five, so like 17. But... Uh, you know, I was pr progressively getting better and better each one, so hopefully I can continue that next year at Lakefront Marathon. I like uh, it. So you're not running to... tomorrow, but what right. are you looking forward to cheering? Looking forward to most, uh, again, just like from the spectator standpoint, being able to actually witness, because sometimes when you're racing, you're just, you're so focused on exactly what you're doing in that moment. But to be able to see people pushing themselves, you know, further than they thought they could, um, especially once the going gets tough, like after halfway. So just to see the the amount of effort put out there tomorrow. Cool, I love it. I'll be out there spectating as well, so it should be a good time. All right, and Dwayne. 
Uh, Dwayne Tate, and um, so tomorrow will be the 39th uh, Lakefront Marathon. Uh, let's give it up for Dwayne. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, need to clarify it. Uh, 2012, uh, I had some iliotibia band, IT band issues, and so I started it, got to mile five. I was literally the last person, and I couldn't even walk fast enough to get to the finish line. So I've started them all. I've finished all except for one. So my goal tomorrow uh, would be to finish. And uh, I guess over, over the years, I've just learned to keep some of that in perspective. And then I think I had to go back and take a look at it. I think tomorrow will be my 112th marathon. So, so 100 um, more than the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And on, so, to, and on top of that, you've also run a marathon in every state, right? Yeah, it was, um, I, I think, down in Missouri, and um, there were just doing a couple of different, I did Chicago Marathon, I did Grandma's Marathon, and had started to do a couple of them, and had um, one of the expos talking to people, and they had uh, talked about doing all 50 states and didn't really think about it, but I had probably done about six or seven and just thought it's kind of a neat way to see the country, and there's probably about seven or eight states I had never been to, so it was a good way to see the country, so. Yeah, that's really awesome. So, obviously, we're run people are running tomorrow, but you guys were training hard all summer, and also everyone out there. So, let's talk a little, about, a little bit about training and how the training blocks went this summer. So, um, did you guys follow any specific plans, or did you, get, did you guys, like, create your own plan? Uh, I have a coach, uh, which is great because I have an interesting training cycle in that uh, I'm pacing at, at an undetermined pace. Because I'm the, the pace team captain, I'm a floater, so hopefully nobody drops in the next 24 hours. So you, so you don't actually know what pace you'll be running no, tomorrow? No, but I'm also training for New York, which is in about a month, so I'm like training for a strong marathon. But the, I think the most important thing and what my coach had um, helped me with is just consistency whether um, it's the, um, like she'll have like a long run where I have to do even splits, that would be training for lakefront. But then uh, for New York, she'd have, um, she would uh, have me do surges in the middle of it. So it's been, it's been interesting because it's a little bit of both. Cool. Anyone else? I mean, I'll jump in a little bit and, and my goals I think are different where as these guys have won, they're training obviously at an elite high level uh, that's there. Mine has really varied over the years and I've taken a plan that would, you know, get um, shorter runs throughout the week and then a longer run that would maybe build up to about a 20, 22 miles. So my miles in the past have maybe been 60 to 70 max in a week, but I guess I've just physically learned I'm 63. I just can't do the miles I can and so instead of running six or seven days a week, it's probably four or five. I'll still get some of the longer runs in. So over the years, I've just varied what my training program looks like and kind of scaled it back. And again, not looking for times, but more just to finish. Yeah, so scaling back throughout the years, like how, how many miles a week were you running this year or this summer? Um, again, with a longer run, probably 35 to 40. Nice. Well, it just sounds to me like the common theme is consistency then between everyone here. So that definitely sounds like the most important to our programs. And um, like, I guess over the years I've followed kind of a pretty structured program, but a lot like just like you, you kind of learn what works for your body and what works for your life schedule. And you just kind of have to be flexible enough to adapt. 
uh, the training program to your life and, and not the other way around. Because for the, a lot of beginning runners, and when I first started, it was like I had to do exactly what was you know, planned, and there was no deviation from that. But the more that you're in it, the more you realize you know, it's not like a one program fits all kind of thing. And I think you have to listen to your body, too. If you're scheduled to run a hard workout on one day and you're not feeling it, you might have to just move it around and be flexible with your scheduling, too. Um, for my training, it was nice to be in a routine because um, my husband and I both run, but we have two kids, and we just had to kind of run at the same time every day to keep them happy, and they would often come along with us in the, the double stroller that my husband would push most of the time. Um, but... It's just, I think you have to be flexible, but try to stick to a routine as best you can and listen to your body with, as the training goes on, because it's a long, tough training block up to a marathon. Oh, yeah, especially in the summer when you have your long runs on the weekends and it's hot and you kind of have to get it in. So, you have, Jenny, it sounds like you have a lot of stroller runs then. You feel like that's like an extra workout on top of it then? Well, I, I probably push the stroller... 10% of the time, where Tyler pushes it 90% of the time. All right, shout but, out to Super Dad in the back. <laughs> That's awesome. So what are your favorite types of training runs? Long runs, speed workouts, track. You guys have one in mind that you like the most. All right, type of track workout. I'll go. Um, I, I love track workouts, um, especially training for marathons, just longer track workouts. But we always do the, the Yasso's 800s like a couple weeks before until so you have to run... 10 800s, so two laps, at like the time you want your marathon to be. So if you were going for like a three-hour marathon, you try to do a three-minute 800. So you do 10 of those. And I think it's one of the most challenging workouts, but I love it. Yeah, I guess I, I would have to agree with the, the track sessions. Um, I used to loathe the track even when I was a track athlete in high school. But I realized, and I, I got back into the whole running thing with the long run. So I had the first love of the long run. But it was the track sessions and the speed work and the tempo runs at pace that really, I could see the results start to come. So once I actually found a love for that, it, it really, you know, the results started to come too, so. I like it. So last year, David, you trained to qualify for the Olympics. The Olympic just trials. Olympic trials. Yeah, for the just trials. the time standard. Yeah, the time. Um, so how was training for that? Was that totally different from what you've done in the past? Oh, I guess I had the base building, you know, over the six or seven years going into that. So I had good mileage. But with that buildup of, I think it was a solid eight weeks I had between my last triathlon race. Because I also do, like, tries mostly through the summer where that's my focus. So I kind of, I'll do, like, a winter build, like, run marathon build for an early season, like, spring marathon. And I build up all my mileage then. And then I kind of back off and stop worrying about the running so much for, like, the summer. And then I think my last race was like the USAT Nationals in early August. And then I had all that time between then and like October 7th for this race. So it was eight weeks of focused like workouts where I had made sure that I didn't overdo the mileage and worry about like junk miles, I guess, of just the, the easy runs. I made sure they were easy enough that my two or three workouts a week, I could just nail those. So that would be like a Tuesday track session, Thursday tempo. And the long runs, I focused more on than I had in the past. It helped to have people to run with too. So like last year, I actually had a buddy who had already qualified for the trials, like in 20, John DeWitt, if, another local guy. But me and him together were able to push each other more than I ever would have done on my own. For sure, like 100%, those Sunday long runs were the best workouts I ever had in my life because he was there to push me. Running with a buddy for long runs is always the best. 
for me at least. Running by yourself on those long runs can be brutal. All right, so do you guys have any good stories from your training block you want to share? Like a good workout, any lows? Keep those to yourselves. I uh, went out for a long run this summer, tried to do 17 miles, and about it was super hot, and about four miles away from home, I realized I couldn't run anymore. So that was probably like the toughest four-mile walk kind of jog <laughs> home I've had, so I learned my lesson on that. So that, that, that sucked. All right, so let's... Okay, so let's talk a little bit about race strategy. Um, in leading up to race week, so just had. Do you guys have any like superstitious things that you like try to follow or don't do? Anything that you try to avoid? So what you guys Maybe think? we should. I don't know. I just get ready and go. I okay. I guess just not changing anything too drastically. So, you know, if you nor you normally have a glass of wine after dinner or beer or whatever, that's like you don't necessarily have to get rid of everything. <laughs> So not going too crazy, because that'll just make you worry more. I think it's like easy to get overly anxious the week before the race. So just trying to relax and do things how you've been doing them, you know, throughout the entire year, and you'll be okay. And don't overthink every little ache and pain you feel in the last couple of weeks, because everything hurts this week, I think, for the amount of miles you're not running right now. <laughs> I guess I would just echo that. It's probably just going back to the being consistent, and I tend to take a look even tomorrow, it's just a long training run. There's just a lot of people out there. There's water stops, that type of thing. But just kind of keep it consistent in terms of the build-up runs, everything that's uh, been part of that leading up to it. I like that feedback. That's a good way to look at it. All right, so speaking of not switching things up and maybe having a glass of wine before your meal still, what do you guys eat the night before a race? So what will Pizza, you be eating tonight? Carbs. <laughs> Definitely don't just get salad. Yeah, I'd say pizza and a beer. I think I'm doing it wrong. I think on the docket I have a quinoa meal with some vegetables. Um, I'm, but I can have a, sometimes I have a stomach issues, so I have to keep it pretty bland. Um, but uh, after the race, then there's no bar. And then I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna drink beer. I'm gonna go. I think I have. Uh, I'm gonna go to Purple Door Ice Cream. Good. So I got big plans post marathon. Oh, you're ready to cross the finish line. Yes. How about you, Duane? Never had a bad meal. I love everything, but I've just learned it kind of with pasta. I just it's kind of with the carbo, and uh, usually I have some ice cream in there too. So oh, I, just, I like it. I like it. Okay, so when do you guys start getting nervous for the marathon? Is it a week out, a couple days? Do you guys not get nervous at all? I would say that depends, too, kind of like how big that race is for you. So, like, how nervous are you pacing versus for your New York marathon? It's different kinds of nervous just because um, other people will be depending on me. I, I think maybe even a, I'm a little less nervous for my own races because I can only disappoint myself. Um, but otherwise, it, usually I keep it, I'm a cool, calm, collected kind of person, but usually like five minutes before, I'm like, oh God, it's a marathon. I forgot. I've done it a bajillion times, but I'm still just, but luckily not to look right before. Yeah, I think that's definitely the best way is to try to stay as calm and collected and just relax and trust and be confident in like your whole training block. And like you said, it's like you're out for your long run on Sunday. So as long as you're not, you know, overthinking everything like every little detail and just enjoying it in in that moment and being thankful to even be able to do it what you're doing i think that's really like the best perspective to have on it i was going to add just um sometimes weather can play a factor in it so your training can be going great and 
it could be the day that maybe it just doesn't work. It could be a lot warmer than what's anticipated in terms of just getting nervous. I guess it's just trying to go out and relax. And I think at times when I've, years past, if I was trying to hit a particular goal, a time that I was doing, it just seemed like if I was obsessed with that, it seemed like it didn't go as well versus just going out and just try and relax and just get into a rhythm and you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to not put all your eggs in one basket for this one race because you work so hard for it, but you have to think about all the successes you've had leading up to it. And for this training block, I've, I've run PRs and other distances, which has been great. So I, I have had a successful season so far. And if it doesn't go well tomorrow, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's still been a really fun, I love fun couple the, months. I love all the positive, positivity coming out of these answers. That's great. All right, so it's race day. Let's stay on the food topic. What are we eating the morning of? or not eating the morning of? I keep mine, usually just a piece of toast and I'll maybe have a half a banana. Same, banana and toast and peanut butter and a cup of coffee. Thanks for those suggestions because I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, I just try to keep it light, but then you don't want to eat absolutely nothing. So it's just a matter of getting up early enough, I feel like at least two and a half, three hours before to get in smaller meal, at least a good breakfast, you know, like pe bagel, peanut butter, bananas sound like good options. But uh, sometimes, I've, we've all had races where we get stomach issues and it's like, how do I prevent that? So you're always trying to figure that out in your training, hopefully, and not in the race. Um, what I eat before a race is not any different. I think one of the things that I do different during a race that people find kind of interesting, I mean, do, I do goo chomps. I can't do the goo because I've there's food that with consistency issues that I'm like, ugh. But I do uh, have almonds because that helps me with, like, Ooh. the long, like, because, like, the goo chomps, it's great for, like, right away. It gives me what I need within a half mile. But um, sometimes I'll just get that pit in my stomach towards the end where, like, I'm hungry. And the almonds usually help with that. That's interesting. That's, I haven't heard that one yet. So speaking of feeling during the race, uh, do you guys do anything special or are we just goo people over here? Goo. Goo. And then uh, oh. mostly fluids, or I'll I'll do a goo and make sure I wash it down right away with water. But uh, like Mount, I've had Mountain Dew that's flat or Coca Cola. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like the triathlete thing too. But um, just sugars. But it definitely helps to have that sustained energy too. You don't want to just have like pure sugar because you're gonna crash and burn after. Mm -hmm. You know. So taking in fluids, are you guys water or Gatorade on the course? I usually alternate between water and Gatorade between. Fluid stations. I mix it, so a little oh, bit of the each. classic mix. I like that. So one cup of each, and then you mix them? For me, I guess it depends on the heat humidity factor, too. If like a cooler race, like tomorrow, I'll pretty much just water with maybe one or two cups of Gatorade. How about you, Sheila? Yeah, just water. Cool. All right, so we're at the start of the race. How do you guys attack a marathon? Do you attack attack them the same? Do you guys usually go into marathons with different plans? And what has worked? I t attack from the back and I stay in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency is key. Uh, I, I suppose I can speak before uh, pacing. Um, we usually, all the pace teams, um, I know one of the big questions a lot of people ask, like, do you walk through water stops or, or do you just briefly go through them? And it depends on the particular pace team and also how fast they're running. Usually, like, 3.30 and faster, they're just, like, briefly just pouring the water into their mouth. Uh, but if it's a, a slower pace, they'll usually walk through them. But 
because of that disparity, I wouldn't say like if they were supposed to be running nine minute miles, it's not always consistently nine. Sometimes it's like eight fifty and it's nine ten, and they're trying to um, uh, just get the happy medium. So as far as again, the name of this whole talk should be is consistency. It can be. We can still name it. Okay. Consistency is king. Consistency is king. All right. Um, so when you're out on the course, obviously you have your plan of what you want to do. When things don't go the way as planned, how do you course correct while you're out there? I think the race is long enough that you have to know that if you have a couple of rough miles in a stretch that you're going to have another second wind or third wind coming at you later on or have a little downhill or a little breeze that helps you. So you have to just kind of get through the mile you're in and get to the next one and, um, yeah, hope to kind of regroup a little bit after another wind comes. <laughs> one mile at a time. I think it would be pretty rare to talk to somebody who ran a marathon and said there wasn't, like, one moment where they, you know, really struggled. So I think that's why we do the marathon as opposed to, like, 5K or something shorter where you can get through and it could be relatively easy. But uh, like you were saying, that when you do hit that point, you have to just, like, maybe just take it back a little bit. Like, if you're running your race, it's all right to just, like, let it up. You're not quitting on yourself knowing that you just got to keep your mind in it, like, ready to go once you recover from whatever. Maybe it's a stomach thing or maybe you start cramping. But you address that issue, but you just keep your head in the game, stay focused, and be ready to go when you feel better. So, David, how was your strategy last year, day of the race? Was it any different? I, I think I was the most nervous for, I don't know, any race in my life, maybe for that race, just because of the goal I had, and I knew it was a pretty lofty, like, from my training, it was, I was coming up a little bit shy from, like, just what I had done. So I knew I was going to have to put myself in a position that might end in disaster. <laughs> so it was a little nerve-wracking knowing, like, I might blow up at, you know, mile 15 or something. But uh, going into it, I just, like any other race, I tried not to get overly anxious and just do what I normally do pre-race, just routine, warming up, and uh, making sure I stayed on top of the hydration and all that. And it was a nice weather day. We even had a little bit of a tailwind, so everything was going my way that way. But I, again, just set up the pace. I, had a, I knew what I wanted to split the first half, and I, I was on it within a second. Like, it was like a 2.19 is the standard, so 1.10 was, I was trying to be a little bit conservative, not knowing. And then, le so I set myself up at least through that, that if it was going to happen, like, I can shave one minute off the second half if, I, if it was going to be possible. Um, and I got through, like, maybe 18 or 20 miles the wall. <laughs> and, and, that, and once it started to go, it was just a matter of, like, holding on and just their best race today now. Instead, of, I knew the time was starting to slip away a little bit, but it was still, like, the best race I had ever run. So, so you got to stay positive, even though you might not hit that time goal. It's still the best race you've had. So you're yeah, exactly. having success on the course. Yeah, I guess redefining the goal. <laughs> so uh, there's a new course this year. Cha it has changed a little bit. Um, instead of finishing at Veterans Park, the course will now finish at Summerfest. Uh, so a little bit farther to my calculations, it's one mile farther. So how does that happen? I think there's a course talk after this where you can get all the good details, but I did some research. And at mile one, you used to go through the neighborhood. Instead, you're going to stay on the straight stretch. And um, in the past years, you always go around Concordia, but you're going to stay on the main road. So I think those two changes add up to about a mile. So you guys are always used to, Dwayne, you're used to finishing at Veterans Park for the longest time now. Um, but you guys have to go an extra mile. How, when you're coming down Lake Drive, how 
Like, are you guys worried about that? You get another mile to go. I know the stretch down Lincoln Memorial, I always look forward to it, but it always seems to be a lot longer than you anticipated it to be. Even once you get to the lagoon, to the finish line, you're maybe like a quarter mile, half mile, but it just feels forever. So now like having to go past that and then another mile is going to be yeah, tough. I don't think we even thought about that until you brought it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks for that. Alex. I'm not running, so I feel fine asking that question because I don't have to be mentally tough tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, it just there's going to be a little more mental toughness. I've come down that stretch, and it is long. And that quarter, there's like that quarter mile sign. You're like, oh, that's not that far, but it really is like the farthest quarter mile ever. Uh, so yeah, you guys just have to be mentally prepared then for tomorrow. Well, to put a positive spin on, I guess, on the course changes, because I was actually excited to see those changes. Having it finished in Summerfest, just being, you know, that can be a really fun atmosphere. Oh, yeah. But uh, the first mile where you miss that suburb, like that's kind of a slower mile, I guess, because the turning and there's some hills there mm -hmm. where it's now it's going to be flat and straight. And same with Concordia. That really, we had this headwind off the lake that was so cold. And I remember Concordia last year, that long loop was probably like one of the points where it was, it was probably my slowest mile of the whole race. So, And for being a pretty flat course in that little Concordia section, there's like... It's like a tiniest little hill, but because it's so flat, it feels like a monumental hill. So I'll be glad to cut that out. Yeah, though you cut out the view, because that view's beautiful back there. I, I do, the, it can get tough when you're running through the back of that. Um, there's a pretty good cheering section along Concordia, so hopefully that's still there, yeah. just along the yeah. road. Yeah, oh, no, I have been assured that the, the band and all the energy will Excellent. still be there, just relocated to a different spot. I've done the water stop there a few times, and it's always, like, so fun. Um, so where else on the course do you guys get excited when you're running? I know there's a couple big cheering sections. Do those get you guys excited, or there's a specific spot um, that you just know that you really like? It'll sound pretty quirky, but um, kind of early in the race, I think he's been there every year that I recall, but a guy playing an accordion. Mm -hmm. And uh, cool. I don't know, I just, I just smile every year when I see him out there. And uh, it's just a guy, you know, again, by himself playing the accordion with polka music, and it's pretty cool to see them. I have to say that's one of the unique things about the Lakefront Marathon, that for me it's hard to pick a specific um, point because it's so different. You start off, and like, like there's farms and the accordion guy, um, and then you go through, like at the end, the million-dollar homes, and then you get the lake view. So you really just get like a little bit of city, city and country. So it's for hard for me to pick just one because it's so different. I think there's one spot, um, probably in Whitefish Bay, that you're on Palisades Road. Like, you kind of cut off Lake and then get back on. There's always, like, all the families there are out there, and there's, like, kids with signs that, with, like, a wall, and they say, like, hit the wall, and they're pretty excited. And there's, like, a bounce house. I don't know. It seems like a fun party to run by when you're feeling your worst. <laughs> That's always a cool spot. I always like Wheel and Sprocket. There's always just so many people there you don't expect at that point in the race and that stretch, and it just kind of gives you that energy. You definitely, once you go through that stretch, you're, like, running faster than you were going into it um for me what i think is kind of interesting about this race too is that shift around halfway like where it goes from farm and agricultural yeah. end it's like near county line almost and it starts to go into port washington road and that you know okay i'm kind of getting close now we're actually in milwaukee county so that it's kind of like an uplifting moment where it starts to kind of get hard after 10 13 and then you get that second win knowing like all right now at least i'm on this the better half the closer half I like it. Okay, so once we get into Milwaukee and we get down to the Summerfest, there's the finish line. What, what does it feel like crossing the finish line for you guys? Finally. <laughs> R relief. Yeah. Relief. 
that comes to my mind relief. Um, are you anything, anything else like joy? Yeah, joy and elation. That's definitely true. But I think it's just being so happy to be done running. <laughs> it <laughs> seems true. like by that point we all just love running holding. so much, but we're finally excited to be done with it. <laughs> but that's the life of a runner, I guess. All right. So what uh, what is your go-to meal post-race marathon of a marathon. Sheila, it sounds like you're getting ice cream. Uh, yes. Uh, usually I can't eat right away right after because my stomach's like, what have you done to me? <laughs> um, uh, but it's, it's going to be greasy. That I know. Yeah, I can't eat right away either, but I feel like I'm just kind of generally starving the whole rest of the day, so I just eat a little bit all day long. Just kind of snack all day. Yeah. yeah, once you're able to eat again and you get that appetite back because you haven't been able to eat after the race. So it's usually by dinner time, hopefully. Maybe a nice, fat, juicy cheeseburger. So. And cheese curds? That always... Oh, Culver's. Culver's yes. double butter burger with cheese. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. How about you, Dwayne? Whatever's in the fridge. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so we went through from training to race strategy to race. Are you guys ready for tomorrow? Ready. As ready as can yeah, be? Yeah. Ready to cheer. I know. We're excited. Well, it's, it's a bummer you can't run, David, but we're excited to have you out there Next cheering. year, I'll be back 2020. Nice. Wow, that's 2020. I like it. So we end every uh, one of our shows with our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. So we're going to do the same here. We'll go down the line. We'll start with Sheila, and then we'll come back with a question from Dwayne. Uh, they're pretty fun, so let's get, let's get after them. What shoes are you running in tomorrow? Uh, Brooks Adrenaline. Nike Pegasus Turbo. Oh, nice. Uh, usually running the Nike LT Streak 4s, I think they are. Or Adidas Prime Zero. New Balance 880. I like it. All right, starting at you, Dwayne, what is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Um, I live in Jefferson County, so I guess I'd just say the lakefront course. Anywhere along there, just seeing Lake Michigan is pretty cool. I like it. All right, David? Um, but I like the trails, the Hank Aaron Trail, the Oak Leaf Trail, but uh, the stretch down Lincoln Memorial Drive in the summertime is, is pretty nice. I love the Oak Leaf Trail as well, and I think the stretch between Hampton and like the Art Museum, there's no cross streets, and it's just like some days it's just magical because you just it's flat and it's fast, and I just love running there. Uh, I live in the east side, so I'm fortunate to run by the lake every day. Um, I'm going to say Bradford Beach uh, at 6 in the morning because I've seen so many amazing sunrises because of it. I love it. We have some of the best sunrises. Best city on the coast. I say it all the time. <laughs> all right. Sheila, starting with you, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? Uh, Des Linden, for sure. Oh, nice. Sarah Hall. I like it. Uh, I have to go with the marathon world record holder, Elliot Kipchoge, who is attempting the sub-two-hour marathon tomorrow also. So motivation. For <laughs> Dwayne? Um, actually, my two kids. I've had uh, two different opportunities where my, I ran with my daughter one year like front, and then my son another year or so. Oh, that'd be cool to get them both at the same time then. All right. Uh, Dwayne, what is your favorite running accessory? Don't really have a lot of accessories. Probably my watch. Okay. Uh, I usually run with a sweatband, so... Probably. Nice. Is that your look, your signature look? Well, it, it wasn't, but it became that. So and it just, I mean, in the summer, in the humid, you know, hot, humid Wisconsin, it was just nice to have something that, like, keeps the sweat from going in your eyes. 
And then even when it got colder, I just continued to wear it. So. I like it. You should've, we should have made you wear it today. <laughs> All right. Next year. Um, the, the double bob, the stroller, running stroller. Oh, the double bob's great because you can run. put everything in it. You don't. You can bring whatever you want. You can bring 15 water bottles. You, you could can bring... Carry your groceries home in uh, it. That's insane. Uh, I'm actually wearing one right now. I have about 20 of them. Um, I have Roadrunner bro brooches, so they're all weird and quirky looking, and I use them as good luck charms for each race. Oh, I like that. That's cool. All right. What is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Um... I don't actually listen to a lot of music before, but I do during, and the music I listen to is terrible. It's like, it's very beat driven and like has like the naughtiest lyrics, but like it's just really keeps me going. I don't do a lot of, I don't listen to a lot of music either, but um, one thing my husband always has us watch the, the rap battle scene in Eight Mile before big races, so Eminem, lose yourself. <laughs> I love so Eminem there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I used to always have to listen to music before, and that I like to get away, like to get away from the atmosphere, to hear everything going on. Always stressed me out, so putting in the headphones seemed to help. But recently too, I haven't listened to as much music, and I think it's like whatever you've been kind of doing in, in your normal running routine. It's like if you like listening to the birds chirping or just hearing what's going on around you, being in your own space, like that's the way to go. But if you're used to music, then it's like nice. Whatever gets you like thinking about all those great times you had running to put you in the right mindset, so. Yeah, I don't run with music, but hearing it on the course, it's neat to hear, and, but. Sounds yeah. like maybe the accordion the guy accordion. could be here. Yeah. Favorite there you go. Song. All right, so our last, music. our last question to round it out, we'll start with you, Dwayne, is uh, just one piece of running advice you like to pass on to first time marathoners this weekend? Um, probably what I mentioned before, it's um, treat it, at, enjoy the day. Um, just go out, treat it as a long training run, and uh, relax, and um, I guess just enjoy it, you know, all the way through. And I think, as um, others have mentioned, there are going to be those rough patches, but just kind of focus on just that next mile. And, you know, as you have those rough patches, usually they tend to go away. And, uh, you know, if you can just kind of keep moving through and, uh, and just enjoy the day. I love it. This is going to be good. We're just going to get a bunch of good advice right here. Yeah, I was. It's kind of the same concept, the consistency factor of like during the race. Yet yeah, don't never give up. But it's not all on one day necessarily. It's it's the day in day out. And if you're like really love running, it like you can go so far with it. And the race day is really just the you know manifestation of all the hard work that you put in every other day and it's sometimes you enjoy like the running the most on um, the most random times and days all alone you know it's not always going to be in the race so it's you don't ever want to put too much uh, emphasis on just the one day thing I think it's important to kind of rein in the excitement at the start and not go out too fast because the first couple miles are going to feel great no matter what pace you're going and so you have to remember that there's a lot of race ahead of you and so you just have to enjoy it and feel feel pretty effortless for the first 10 miles if you can I'd say um, but yeah I always just I mean the training can go well and you can have a bad race but I think what I tell myself is I'm just going to do the best with what God gives me today and so that's where I take it. Uh, I had an answer but listening to everybody because we have uh, our advice is pretty similar like there's embrace the suck because that's going to happen. But the thing I've noticed with the similar answers is that when you're out there, you should really remember that 
you're not alone, that other people are having hard moments. So like if you see a runner that's struggling, make sure to say, keep going, give them some good advice, and then hopefully that is returned to you as well. Awesome. Thanks for the great advice. And thanks for the good talk today, guys. I really appreciate it. Let's give them our, our panel a round of applause. All right. I think we have time for a couple of questions if anyone has any. So are there any questions anyone has for our panel? We could take one question. Yes. Oh, wow. We have a microphone. This is official. When it's a little warm, often around mile 20, I tend to get really nauseous, and it's just really hard to get a goo down or anything. Any advice on what I could do about this? Hmm. David, looks like you might have something. Well, I've had very similar experiences, especially in the longer distance, where your stomach just doesn't cooperate after. It, it's different, you know, for everybody, but when you're out there for so long pushing, very, especially when you're pushing hard, it's, it's like things shut down. And taking in something as concentrated as goo is kind of asking a lot for your body, but I guess it's staying, trying to stay on top of it earlier when you do feel good um, and making sure you never kind of dig yourself into too big of a hole that mile 20, that now you have to force you know, gels in order just to finish. So that if, so as long as you're ahead of the, you know, ahead of the curve, when you get to 20 and you take it and it starts to become an issue, you just can get through the next uh, five or six miles without anything except for maybe just water or keep it, get, simplify it. But make sure that you're taking water in right after the goo because that's, it's hard to digest without anything. So hopefully that helps. <laughs> cool. Any other questions? Yes. You in the front, Veronica. How old were you when you started running? Very good question. I was like sixth grade. My dad ran, so I started running sixth grade and have been running since. Uh, I ran in high school, and then I think um, I always joke that I was foolish enough to start paying to run, uh, I think in 2008. Um, I played football and baseball in high school, so my longest run was a mile in high school. But uh, it As was punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so my dad actually uh, had done some marathons and I tagged along with him and did a three mile. But 23 was when I did my first marathon. Um, I guess similar to you, I started competitively running in sixth grade with cross country and track. But uh, I guess I've, I've always been like a lifelong runner. As, as early as I can remember, I just loved running. So that I did that for fun. I did soccer to be able to run, really. So as early as I could race competitively, I did. Well, thanks, guys. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thanks.